Hello and welcome to a podcast about something. Today we're talking about George Costanza's engagement from Seinfeld. Uh, I've got the guys from the Thunk Tank podcast. I've got Joe and Luke. Um, it's only half of the Thunk Tank crew, but uh, I'll let you. T- I'll let them tell you a little bit about themselves and their podcast. I I got turned on to these guys because they did what they called a Seincast, and I immediately fell in love with them and wanted to talk about Seinfeld as much as possible with them. How are you guys doing today? Tonight. Tonight we are good. We're good. We're 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 here. We're ready. We're uh, uh, ready to sign. Yeah. I I do feel it necessary to say that we were alerted after we published our episode that there is a whole podcast called Signcast that like goes into detail about every episode. Well, so much for copyright infringement. So I I don't yeah, know. I've, I've seen that one, but I didn't. I haven't listened to it. Um, but oh, that's our Seinfeld episode. I would say was one of the most fun ones we've ever done well i think it was one of the ones that we know the most about the subject matter like we're That's always true, trying to yeah. talk about like science and technology and just interesting interesting things that we find interesting that we do our own research on but none of those do we have the level of intimate detail that we have about seinfeld in a in a in a mental health way like it's a problem <laughs> and this was our, our is what it is our venue for getting <laughs> it off our shoulders yeah well, so I I feel like I've found a kindred spirit in you guys because I listened and I was immediately taken to my own life and how I interact with uh, my parents and my brother. But like even they are not on the level that I am or that you guys are with just every line is a Seinfeld reference. Mm-hmm. Every reference that you hear, you know the next three lines that come immediately after it and you just can keep rolling. And I feel like if we wanted to, and maybe this is a podcast for a different time, we could probably just off the top of our heads go through line by line of a, a Seinfeld episode without referring to it. Exactly. And even if we didn't get it like every line perfectly, we would get the gist of every line. Or we could just do an entire yes. podcast by only using lines from Seinfeld probably. You like, mean what we did? <laughs> that's what I mean. Like every like we could talk about any other topic and just only use Seinfeld lines to do it. That we would could. be fun. It it would be psychotic, yeah. It would be great. <laughs> Yeah, so our- I would like. I might be your only listener on that one, but I would love it. Yeah, but That's I, fine with us. I think you're right. What you <laughs> what you just mentioned about talking to your you know family or just other people who may be familiar with it, because you start to notice that when you talk to people who aren't as familiar. And I mean, I know me and my brother, for example, we're able to just. It's part of our lexicon. Like we'll just when a situation comes up, we'll throw in a Seinfeld line, and we don't even think about it. Yeah. It's just kind of no, part of just, our culture. It's just there. It's yeah. part of your yeah. palette of like language that's available. Yeah. Like if I'm telling my brother a story about something that happened to me, it's it's easier for me to paint a picture from a Seinfeld reference than to explain the specific story, right? That's a shame. Right. Just be like, oh, it was that's like someone, if, if I'm saying, oh, this person was like taking themselves way too seriously, I'll be like, it was kind of like book me. I was like, dude, you don't have a really serious <laughs> job. Like take it easy. It's like an ice cream man named Cone. <laughs> there you go. This is going to get off the rails really fast. We're going to try yeah. and stick to uh, George Costanza's, Costanza's engagement, but I, I don't know that that's going to happen. I apologize in advance because our podcast is kind of predicated on the fact that we, we know that we're going off the rails and we try to re-rail, and sometimes it works out and sometimes not so much. Yeah, but we're going to we'll, count we'll on you for the re-railing yeah, here. Yeah, we'll try. I'll, I'll do my best, but it, with this subject, I feel like – we might just we'll start in season seven and somehow we'll end up in season two and just yes. break down the uh, the fix up between Jerry and or, uh, George and Cynthia at some point. Right. With this topic, it's basically like somebody already put butter on the on the railroad tracks of this podcast, and, and it's sticking to me because of the butter. 
I was going to say, are you sure they didn't put butter on their face and then <laughs> we're going to shave it off? Yeah. This this is going to be fun. Uh, if you're still with us after all of that intro of just complete nonsense, thanks for thanks for staying with us. And uh, we're going to have fun going through Seinfeld. I like to, um, when I do episodes about like TV shows or movies that, that have really meant a lot to me, I like to get the my guests backstory with that that form of media Um, because everybody usually has especially with Seinfeld everybody has a pretty unique story at at least everybody my age has a pretty unique story of how they came to Seinfeld and how they got to this point of insaneness with Seinfeld Uh, when when did you guys come into Seinfeld and why has it stuck for so long wow yeah I got I have a two-part answer to that I, I I grew up on it so I was very young and it was just on in the background and I think Seinfeld mm-hmm. has a few different layers to it. So on the one layer, there's like just the physical comedy. There are things that even a kid could laugh at without knowing that this episode's about mm-hmm. abortion. Or Love that, that Kramer. Exactly. So yeah. like Kramer's physical comedy. You know, so I watched it as a, as a kid and the lines were going around in my head, even though I didn't you know, connect with them. And then I came back to it as an adult and I kind of saw it from two different layers. I was like, one, this is hilarious. And two, this is psychotic. Like if this were real life, these are sociopaths. So I sort these I are sort, terrible, terrible people. Terrible people. It's like watching Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You're like these people should be put away. Exactly what the judge says at the end of Seinfeld. <laughs> they should be put yeah. away and yes. kept from the rest of society. Yeah, I think it's interesting uh, in terms of how I remember as well growing up with it as it came out. Like I remember my parents watching the episodes and some of them. Yeah, I just didn't get like I didn't know what the fuck was going on with the contest when I was right. eight or nine years old. But it was just it was what was on TV. I mean, this is back in the '90s when network television that was it. Like yeah. that's that's what, that's what you watched. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what we had on. You know, so I, I remember it at that level with you know everything else that was still funny because of funny situations that did make sense and and somebody like Kramer in general. And then coming back to it as I got older, um, and I think especially for me since. Um, you know, I am a writer and I study like craft of writing and that sort of stuff. It's like you watch it now and you're like, damn, some of these scripts are so on point. It's tight. It's and especially really tight. and yeah. especially as it goes on. Mm-hmm. I mean, Larry left after I think season seven was his last last season on the show. And it, it gets yep. it gets tighter in some ways, I feel like in eight or nine. But it's still there. Like it really developed by like probably by like season four or five. But certainly by season seven. I mean, it's just the points hit like one after the other and it's it's actually from a from a writing standpoint it's it's really impressive to to sort of break down going through episodes how they how they set everything up ahead of time and the 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 payment that you get on those setups is just so sweet that it's it's really admirable well and there's no there's never any arcs Mm. i mean the and that's kind of the point of the show is nobody grows nobody hugs (laughs) like there's no learning no hugs that was there and the uh, all the things that they've done afterwards that was their mm-hmm. motto um but the the we're going to talk about the one story arc that pretty much took place well i guess the uh, the show within the show jerry was the other story arc but jerry and george's engagement are like the only two season long arcs that ever existed and to to keep everything like you were saying as tight as it was writing wise mm-hmm. and not having a, a real story to stick mm-hmm. to from week to week that's very Is impressive that the only relationship um, that lasted multiple episodes between George and Susan. Like I'm trying to think Elaine and Putty. Elaine and Putty, that's true. So there's yeah. been a few, but most of their relationships Jerry, Jerry had 
Yeah, Jerry had Rachel for like three episodes and season right. five. Right, Rachel was the one with the uh, the lobster, right? Yeah, the Hamptons episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Classic. Yeah, yeah, there were a few. That, yeah, and and then the he was making out with her in Schindler's oh, List. Yeah. Oh right, yeah, that was the same one. And yeah. also, the Newman saw them. <laughs> there's yeah, there's little yes. ones too. Like <laughs> like they come back sometimes. Like like Mulda when after the engagement. When I think it's season eight, when Jerry's like, "Oh, I've been engaged. I can yep. be a responsible adult." He calls Mulva and tries to get back. He, he got yeah, all the he way. tries to get back with Mulva, and she's just like, "Like you haven't changed at all." And he's like, "Well, I can't argue with that, but you know, I was engaged." And it's like, "Well, that's the whole point, you know, that like you were trying to prove that you are more responsible." Yeah, but I, I think in terms of long, actual trying to sustain relationships, Susan is what you get, and of course, look at what happens, you know. Right, and then. Yeah, Nancy Clopper's the other one that comes back. She's the uh, the risotto. Oh, brother. sure, yeah. She she right. he dates her once and then she comes back a second yeah. time um, when Jerry's dating the masseuse. <laughs> Give me risotto sounds. <laughs> risotto sounds. Yeah. That's classic. All right. uh, yeah. So how about you? When did you start watching? And has it just been a so constant? Or it's it's been. I remember it existing when I was a kid, but my parents were very good very good about like. Letting us watch things that were appropriate for us, so we never watched it when we were kids. But um, then, like I would say, twelve or thirteen, when the reruns started hitting on uh, TBS, mm. we would we would watch it then, which it still might not have been completely age appropriate, but it was more <laughs> so than when we were seven and sure. eight. Uh, but I remember my parents talking about when we were younger, and they they would kind of make the jokes about what's happening. And then, um, so I started watching the reruns, and you'd get most of them through the reruns. TBS was good about playing mostly in order, but they'd skip certain episodes. Um, and then in college, when you know I, I was going to college and I was working, I was making my own money, but had student loans to pay for all the college stuff. So all the money I made was mine. I started buying the DVDs, nice. and um, I started with season six for some reason. I don't know why I started at six, but that's where I started. And I wore those DVDs out real quick. I'd, <laughs> I, like I told you off air, I've been watching Seinfeld since I was 18 years old. Till now, I'm 30. So for the past 12, 13 years, every night while I go to sleep with some breaks, you know, I'll watch The Office sometimes or Boy Meets World, something like nice. that to, to give a little break to Seinfeld because my wife gets kind of sick of it sometimes. <laughs> uh, but for the most part, for the last 12 years, I've been watching Seinfeld to fall asleep every night. And it's gotten to the point where... I have a um, Pavlovian reaction to it where I hear that music and I, I can be asleep in like 10 minutes. If I ever tried to watch an episode and like actually sit and watch it, I would fall ah, asleep. So that's more like the show is I've seen it. It's so more much. like the show is in your subconscious then. It's yes, just like embedded at this point, deep definitely. in the shag of your subconscious. <laughs> deep in the shag. You'll never get it out. <laughs> Wow, so that's, the, uh, the moil. that's that's quite a uh, that's quite a relationship with it. I like that, yeah. But I think it speaks to the fact that in different ways, there, there's something about it that just it becomes so embedded in in just kind of. I mean, for me at least, it's just so relevant. Even as we move now, I mean, when did the show premiere? Almost thirty years ago, the pilot now. And it's, it's eighty eighty. Yeah, almost it's thirty so years because it didn't deal with. It dealt with yeah. some local things, but it just dealt with like interpersonal. How do people deal with each other? Yeah. What are the crazy things we do and say? There's to each other? Ti- timeless lessons. Some of them, yeah. For sure, yeah. There are a few episodes that they probably couldn't make today, but for the most part, oh, it it holds up to today's we, we standards. We talked about that, I think, on our 
uh, sign cast. Puerto Rican Parade Day. The Puerto Rican Day Parade. They actually wouldn't show that on TV afterwards. Yeah, they won't show that anymore. I think I caught it before they stopped showing because yeah. I saw that one on TBS at one point. Yeah. This was there's, 15 There's years others ago. like the, um, the one where Kramer uh, gets the Novocaine and the guy thinks that he's uh, mentally challenged. Oh, yeah. You could never show that on network television. Heading home. Heading home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would, it would, like, the, could you imagine the, like, social media outrage if that, if, if, like, another major network television show did something like that? They would be taken off the air instantly. But, but there's, there's nothing that's as funny as it's that. A, it's an amazing episode. Because it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't making fun of mentally challenged people, necessarily. No, it was making fun of Kramer. Right. And it was also making fun of, yeah. of Seinfeld's universe where yeah. instead of Kramer just saying, Oh, I'm actually heading home. We can split a cab. He just goes heading home. Right. It's and like he's wearing he's his never said he's wearing his strength <laughs> jumping shoes. Um, yeah. You know. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot that couldn't exist, but but still should because it it's it really is for the most part timeless, and the lessons learned from it can be timeless. Um, I wanted to say that the thing that I've noticed watching it now as I've consumed more media as an adult that like wasn't on my radar in the 90s because I was seven. So I wasn't watching some of these movies. There's so many references to popular culture of the day that like Mm. I had no idea that even when I was 15 years old, they went straight over my head. But now that I understand, you know, I've seen those things or I at least understand where they come from because the Internet exists. It Mm. right like it. I, I still am learning new 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 things every time i watch yeah there, for sure there's still a few references to that i don't get especially yeah, there's, like there's old, several like, that they'll, i don't get they'll they'll reference like movies or actors from like the golden age of hollywood like exactly, the 50s yeah. like the 40s Anderson. and 50s yeah and it's like i like I, I just haven't been like interested enough to google it but i know that like i'm like oh i get the punchline still well i get the know? punchline because the yeah. delivery is like what are you? Blah 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 blah. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, okay. Like yeah. this must have been an actor that did this. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, yeah. Exactly. I think every time I watch the the stakeout episode where he goes to Simon Bennett op, Simon's Bennett Oppenheimer Taft, every time I watch that, oh, yeah. he, uh, I have to look up who Lonnie Anderson is because that's who he compares her to, and I'm like, oh, who's Lonnie Anderson? And I look her up. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's so much. It's it's just so deep and it gets deeper every time. My wife doesn't believe me, but she's wrong. Has she seen through the whole series in order? Probably not. <laughs> I, I would. Maybe, I mean, that's how that I might, watch them. When I yeah, turn them on, I, I go right through. But like, I I don't think she has an interest to at this point. I think she's kind of seen it in, too much, where it's seeped into her subconscious that she doesn't in, want in it her, anymore. In her defense, that's mentally healthy behavior, probably. <laughs> I'll, I'll say though, we're we're probably the weird people, ones. Yeah. For some people, their happy. ticket into the Seinfeld universe might be through Curb. Like for mm-hmm. my girlfriend, she got yeah. interested in Seinfeld because she started watching Curb, and that's she's like, yeah. "Oh my God, Larry's giving me the courage to like speak up to people in, in society now." Yeah. And I remember having to say to her once, like, just. A warning, uh, Larry's a sociopath. Like, don't don't take it too seriously. Like, don't say everything you think. You know? Yeah, don't certainly don't <laughs> act on everything you think. Yeah, yeah. or or not. But she act. loves Seinfeld now. But yeah. she first watched Curb and and then later got into Seinfeld. I think you're I, right. Curb might be a better introduction for some people in that sense. Yeah. I think my wife would like Seinfeld more if she wasn't forced to watch it every night as we go to sleep. <laughs> I think if like she just caught an episode every once in a while when they're on TV, she'd be fine with it. But now it's like embedded in her brain that like, ah, no. 
so you just kind of you you you'll just have an episode like on with the because you're not watching it, are you? Or you are you are watching it? I, I don't different. need to watch it. I, <laughs> yeah. I I know what's going on. I can hear okay. it. I'll close my eyes. I can hear it, and yeah. I'll doze off. Yeah. Does she have like her own show that she'll make? Like, do you swap shows or like? Is no, it just, she like, reads. Oh, okay. So she is like an adult compared to us. Yeah, she, she's a real adult. And then, Which like, is, sometimes yeah, it's very part of this. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Seinfeld, right? Like being an adult. <laughs> Gotta eat cereal at two o'clock in the morning. That's that's how real adults do it, right? Bowl of cornflakes. We're yep. not adults. We're children. <laughs> We're not men. We're not men. <laughs> that brings us perfect segue into the engagement of George Costanza. There we go. Oh yeah, yeah. It all stemmed from that conversation. Turns out these rails are perfectly buttered, buddy. How does it? I think doesn't George say you ever feel like you got a haircut but you didn't? And he's like feeling the back of his and neck. And Jerry just freaks yes. out. Yeah. yeah, Jerry just starts rubbing his eyes like, oh. <laughs> what are we doing here? What are we doing? I can't ever remember if that, that the part you referenced with him worrying about the haircut that he didn't have was from that or when they had the mustaches at the beginning of season nine. But but you're right. It's it's this one. It, it's a similar situation. But by the time of season nine, there's no way that they're going to get engaged. They're way past like right. any plausible you know, like facade of having real adult lives where it's just like, you know, like, let's try other things, things, mutton chops, parachute pants. Right. It's just like, no, you You got to get get a job. job. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yeah. Yeah. I love how it's Jerry that first gets fed up. Like George is like, what? We have a good thing going here. We're being children and we're getting away with it. We're getting away with it. Yeah. No, nobody cares. We, I, I, George works for the Yankees. You know, Jerry's making good money now at this point. He can buy his father a Cadillac eventually in this season. Like, everything's going good for them, except, you know... thousands of Cadillacs. (laughs) It's it's funny how they sort of work their way up in some ways over the course of the series, because early on, I mean, in a lot of ways, they're pretty destined. Like, the whole, like, first couple seasons of the show, like, Elaine's pretty much broke. Yeah, Elaine's broke. I think George is well off. I think he's well off, like, normal. When at the beginning, beginning, when he's in real estate and then when he quits his job, he just goes straight downhill. And I think Jerry is always kind of like right middling. He makes enough money to live in his apartment, kind of. Everything sort of evens out for him. Yeah, he's very even. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Finances with Jerry aren't discussed often, but he's always comfortable. Like when Elaine needs like a few thousand dollars, like the idea that Jerry might lend it to her is just like. You know, not even a question. Yeah, so that's like, still he, weird to me that he's just like, oh yeah, you can have five. What's five grand between friends? Kramer says. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not letting like, my friends grand. five grand. <laughs> yeah. So Kramer says, "What's five grand between friends?" But I just watched the season seven episode today where Jerry tells Kramer, "You know, like you can't eat so much food out of my fridge, whatever." They start keeping. Oh, tabs. the money yeah. jar, yeah. And then Jerry says, "Here's your weekly tab, and it's fifty dollars." And Kramer goes, "Well, I don't have." <laughs> I don't have that kind of cash yeah. on me. I, I, think says, like, I don't have that kind of dough, actually. Oh, dough, yeah. Few do. And then Jerry says, few do, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Few do. Yeah. So for, for George's engagement, I kind of want to go episode by episode, but we don't have to hit on every plot point of every episode, that kind of thing. I just want to like keep a chronology through it as we break off. Oh, okay. So yeah, as we break yeah. off into these various tangents that are going to keep happening, we can kind of come back to a chronology somewhere. Yeah, um, that's good. So we started where it all starts, you know, Jerry and George, you know, he, Jerry, Jerry says that they're not men and George feels like he needs to keep up with Jerry. So he gets engaged. He doesn't like Susan. 
He what, certainly doesn't love her. So, wait. It's a terrible idea that George gets engaged, right? Am I right? Well, I have I have one thing to say about that, which is George, I think George had a real moment. Like, they, they show on the moments beach. when he's sitting on the pier at the beach. I think he had a moment come over him of, like, you know, something bigger than himself for the first time in his life, probably, right? Okay. Something that wasn't very yeah. local and zoomed in. Yeah. And he thought, like, I have to make a big move and make a big change. He, he should have taken that energy and, and then thought through it and decided more logically what to do. Like maybe go on a date with Susan again? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he was – I think you're right, Luke. Yeah, I, like knock on her door and say, that's hey, a good point. he had something. Let's, let's try this I, again. I, and I think you're right in the sense that he was overcompensating for so many years of just being a child that he thought – this is it. I'm going to do it where well, you're right. The, the adult thing to actually do would be knock on our door and be like, look, I think we threw away a good thing. Let's like, you know, talk like, would you like to have dinner? And maybe, we yeah, can, like, I hit rock bottom, yeah. but I want to build back up with you. Something like that. Yeah, not, know? it took a few hours of convincing, but I was persistent just like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, that's not like any movie. Like, and, what are you talking about? And George, at this point, he's somewhere between 37 and 42 years old. Um, I can go into yeah, math great. on that if you want. I, I, yeah, but that's about right. <laughs> um, and he he thinks that's what a somebody in his late thirties, early forties should be doing. He he thinks he yeah. should already be married by that point. So the only smart thing to do at that point to be a normal person is to get married as soon as possible, not yeah. thinking about any up. of the yeah. conse- consequences of that. And and one he of the paradoxes of George is he hates his parents. He knows they're crazy, yet he seeks their approval, and he thinks getting married will. Well, his mom's the first person things. he calls. And and she's ecstatic about it. She's so happy. She's like, "Oh my God, Georgie's getting married!" Like, but also she asks, uh, "Like, oh, why are you married? Like, you're marrying my son? Yeah, may I ask why? May I ask why?" (laughs) That's a great line by I can't remember the actress's name right now, but she does. So there are just moments where she does perfect, like of just being this mother. Her and her and Frank, I think, are my two favorite characters on the show. Like, just like the side characters. Oh my god, they're so they're gold. Well, like, if we're going chronologically, we'll get to this. But yeah. this morning, while I was eating my eggs at breakfast, I watched. Did you have a slice of marble rye with that? I, I watched the marble rye episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that one. Yeah. 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 yeah fair enough. Um, so yeah, he gets engaged. He doesn't really want. He wants to in that moment, but in his life, that's not what he wants. Um, and it never has been. And then, but he gets engaged to a person who he broke up with twice. I guess she dumped him the first time because he got her fired, but the, and she technically dumped him the second time because he was picking his nose. But he forced himself into that one. So I just I did I never understood why he ran back to Susan and not you know the risotto broad or literally think, anybody else. I think there's something about Susan which is that she's kind of a loser too. Mm, you know, yeah. like she's a functioning adult, but she's a loser. And and I think the risotto girl was you know, like just hooking up with George, but like she was cooler. She, she had a, a, an awareness that Susan is like, I don't know, like how dumb do you have to be to be with George? Well, <laughs> and that's a, that's a good I think question. she was, she was this kind of studio executive nerd type person in season four when we met her. Mm-hmm. Right. And then she tries out lesbianism. Doesn't take, doesn't take. <laughs> and so I, in her mind, she's probably thinking, you know, I've tried men for this long. No luck. I tried women. Still no luck. Maybe oh. it's me. George is the best I'm going to do. That's that's really interesting. I and never thought of it that way. Too, yeah. And she wants kids. And maybe they'll name them Seven. Maybe they'll name them Soda. But 
Yeah. You know, mug? It, mug Costanza? Mug Costanza. <laughs> How about Bisquick Costanza? But these, Maxwell House. All right. I but get the, the point. But these, that's a great point because these are the types of reasons, like shitty reasons why people get married sometimes where it's like, yeah, there's so if you actually analyze the situation, there's so many reasons why maybe you should take time before you decide, like, let's get engaged and get married. But maybe you should think about it more yeah. than an hour at the beach. But, yeah. for, but from her standpoint, it's like at that point, if, if that's the case where she's just like, all right, like, let's do it. It's like, wait a minute. George didn't expect that, did he? Because he says he's no. like, what luck that somebody of, like her was available. You think she's good looking, right? Right. Yeah, and then he needs he needs Jerry's approval exactly, constantly. Yeah. That well, the only reason why he did enough. it was because he was going into this, uh, you know, pretending to be like adults or deciding that they were going to be adults with Jerry. And as soon as that facade falls away, because you know she eats her peas one at a time, he's like, <laughs> "Oh my god, I've made a horrible mistake." Yeah, and it's George like, yeah, you know, It's not just that she ate her peas one at a time; she also shushed him. And, and, and oh, but but she also scoops the corn niblet. She, she scoops the niblet. <laughs> so it makes scoops no sense. The, the problem is she's inconsistent. Yeah, that's what vexing. That's niblet. what's so vexing. You know? <laughs> it's so vexing, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's the inconsistency. Uh, Hall of Fame look by George when Jerry tells him that they broke up. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. he comes, he's all excited that he got engaged, yeah. he's already called his mother, and just this just utter look of defeat while he's thinking of, wait, we had something. Right. And, we had a pact. Like, we, we had a pact. Yeah. I also love the look on Jerry's face when he, he's in he's in like this sort of sociopathic analysis mode where he just goes, but she had the core niblets and she scooped them. And he, he looks yeah. at George and George is like, I thought we weren't caring about these details anymore. I thought we were past that. And Jerry's like, no, no, like I'm still there. Like, yeah, Jerry was like, "Well, that was just the game for that day." Yeah, it was. You know, like, I I had that I had that deep conversation with Kramer over breakfast about uh, <laughs> we have to talk about our day, and I'm over it now. Well, well how was your day? day today or a bad day? Well, I don't know what kind of day was it. <laughs> yeah. I like when Kramer gets a job at Brant Leland. <laughs> I'm just doing it for myself. That's not that's not in season seven, but that that's 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 a great episode too because Jerry. I don't want to go off on a tangent, but yeah, I love how Jerry wakes up and he's like, what's going on? And he keeps asking Kramer legitimate questions like, oh, what are you doing there? And it's like, oh, uh, you know, uh, TCB taking care of business. And then Take care and business. then he keeps asking him follow-up questions like, yeah, please tell me something legitimate about what you're doing. And he's like, finally, what's in the suitcase? Crackers and leaves and Jerry just nods <laughs> like, yeah, none of this is real. <laughs> yeah, that's about yeah. right. Kramer, my, Kramer's fantasy world. My yeah. other favorite moment from when, uh, when George tells Jerry that he got engaged is Jerry has this moment where he's like, oh, you got engaged. Like, we should celebrate. Like, that's the thing people champagne. do. Let's get champagne. And he starts opening the cabinets. And 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 for a moment, George says, oh, yes, let's celebrate. Like, George gets well, a little childlike He excitement. thinks this is the bullshit that yeah. I get for getting yeah, engaged. Yeah, at least I yeah. get some attention for getting engaged. And then Jerry looks at the cabinets, kind of looks up, opens the fridge, closes the fridge, looks at George and goes, you know what? No champagne. And George is just like... <laughs> they don't even have a bottle of Hennigan's. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Like, that's the if other only. thing that I've just generally noticed about the Seinfeld yeah. characters is, like, for me, like, if 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 a group of friends like that is just only hanging out at a coffee shop eating, like, egg salad and random shit and coffee and just, like, talking nonsense, it's just a little... It's a little suspect. Like... Well- well, is that There's something is, about like I don't I don't spend any I don't spend that much time with my wife. <laughs> I know. Is is that the season where uh they Elaine invites Susan to the Met or whatever and they start hanging out? And yes. Yeah, we'll get to okay, that. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. cuz yeah, there's some good stuff there too for sure, yeah. 
Yeah. So, so not even, well, we don't know how much it is in real time, but the next episode, let's say it's a week later, George is already ready to postpone. Can't do December. Yeah. Right. It's called the postponement, right? That's I can't episode. turn my neck. Yeah. It's not a good turn. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good turn. Yeah. So he, he just balls crying to, to get the date moved back. He can't do it. Oh yeah. Um, By the way, he's only postponing because he's too scared to actually say, I don't want to get married. Right. He, he, he just, he thinks if he keeps postponing, eventually it, it just won't happen. And the thing is, she, throughout this, we're going to cover many instances where he has an out mm. yeah. and he doesn't take yeah. it because he knows that's wrong too. Yeah. Yeah. To the, he knows he, he can't dump her because yeah. he was the one to that the point. I, I think at least once he declares, he's like, I, I've gone through my head. I, I like, I can't do it. Right. He's like, I, I yeah. just he's can't like, I tried. I can't do it. Yeah. So he has a sense of, I've always said this, George Costanza has a sense of honor, but just for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I he has a sense fair. of honor. Yeah. Not for it, his sense of honor. For, for the, for the sake of the rules, you know, how he'll look in front of right. other people and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm not even sure with the postponement, uh, postponement, that's interesting. You say that, like, does he actually have a game plan where like, well, if I post- postpone it long enough, I can get out of it. Or is he just like, I just got to put this off another few months at a time. Kind of like a, like, yeah, because it gets moved to March. That's what I mean, first. like a Bernie Madoff type scandal, like just keep pushing it like yeah. as far as or you like can, you know. Or like a fucking thesis paper in grad school. You're just like, yo, if it's due tomorrow, that's a problem. But in a month, I'll deal with yeah. that in a month. But that's not a way to live, yeah. right? That's not sustainable. Like, right. Yeah. Well, look what not. happens in season seven. We'll get to that, right? Like, well, and and that's why he wants to postpone it. He's hoping, and he even talks about in the finale. He's hoping he'll send her on a trip. Hoping for a plane crash. Oh my god! Yeah, you know, right. he thinks if he can just get more yeah. time, something will happen where he's not the bad right, guy. Right? Yeah, it's all about not um, being the bad guy. And a low key moment from this is uh, they they're watching the the rabbis show while they're in bed at night. <laughs> uh, he and Susan are watching oh, the rabbis show, the rabbi. and he had asked if hiring a prostitute is cheating. Like, what do you think that conversation between him and Susan is after? Uh, after she hears well, that. Well, I thought, so I actually, I always wondered about that scene because I thought that Elaine made that up and told it to the rabbi because she knew that he would go on TV and talk about it to try to like mess with George because George like said all that, you know, insulting stuff to her about like, oh yeah, if you ever get a date, if you, you know, ever like, get a date, we can like double and like she hated him to begin with. So I thought that she made it up, but did he actually have a conversation? No, I think. I think that was actually part of the conversation because she only talked to him the one time before. That's what I mean. George had said oh, that. Oh, so, so yeah. When else would they have talked about? Just like at some point in the past, maybe. Right. Yeah. Well, the conversation yeah. with Susan after can't be great, but like. Huh. Well, so that's the thing is is and this is later in the season too. George has. You know, I, I my personal opinion is of course uh, the way I act in front of friends is slightly altered than how I act alone with my significant other, right? But mm-hmm, at the yeah, same fair. time, it's not like they're so separate that the worlds can't collide. Like, if I'm hanging out here with my girlfriend, yeah. I'm going to be who I'm going to be. And, if, if you know, whatever the situations, they're all malleable, just slightly yeah. different. Yeah. But for George, there's a stark line between relationship George You're killing and, independent George. And I think that's why it's a bad relationship for him because yeah, he, he has to point. lie to yeah. Susan. He tries to tell the truth sometimes. Like, well, the fact know. that he declares that he can't cross those two worlds or they can't overlap because this is the world – he tells Jerry, this is the world you know. And he goes through the list of the types of Georges that They're he knows. They're all bad. And it includes liar George, like Body straight up – Yeah. 
the George you know, the George you grew up with. That's who George is, though. Yeah. Like, that's him in his essence. He's yes. hiding it from Susan. And who he is with Susan is not who he is. And you should. No. So this brings me to my most important revelation I've ever had in my life. Whoa. Um, I, I call it the Costanza theory. Oh, ooh, I and like basically, this. Basically, so at the beginning of this episode, he, he comes out of the bathroom in the coffee shop. He and Susan are. He comes out of the bathroom and he talks to her about his great idea of extending the doors of the toilet stalls all the way to the floor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she tells him she wants to change the subject. She does not let it resolve of its own volition. Oh, right, right. So, yeah. so my theory was, and I was already engaged to my wife when I came up with this theory, but I did test it still, and she passed. Oh, my God. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving this already. <laughs> um, my, my theory is that... You, if, if you're thinking about getting engaged to someone, you ask them this question. What do you think? Why, why do you think the doors don't extend all the way on toilets? Because it can go one of two ways. They can go, you know, that's interesting. They should do that and go through all the things that George goes through. Or they want to change the subject. Right. If they change the subject... You can't, you can't, you're not going to be able to have a, a conversation with them. That, or that, at least and you should be on as we alert. see through. Right. As we see in season seven, George can't hold a conversation with Susan. He has to lie to her to keep this relationship going. That that may be one of the most brilliant things I've ever heard in my life. That is such a good test. That's amazing. It is. Yeah. You yeah. basically um, like because I, I if you're already married, don't ask your wife this question. <laughs> yeah, you don't it's too late. It may ruin your relationship. Yeah. But however the relationship is, just roll with you're it. You already fucked point. up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or didn't. You, but it's better you don't test it. Yeah. Though. It's it's Schrodinger's Schrodinger's cat at that. Yeah, point. yeah, you've got. You don't want to open that. You're box. in too deep at that point. The yeah. cat's you your know. marriage is both alive and dead. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're going yes. to the point of well, let me see if this marriage can sustain based on the Costanza <laughs> toilet test. You should probably look into divorce filing. It's more right? of a let me see if I should pop the question <laughs> test. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's that's exactly what I mean, it is. And I had already I had already asked her to marry me, and she had said yes, but I did test it. I think I had had this conversation with her before at some point. Anyways, I just hadn't come up with the whole theory behind uh. it. So, yeah. No, I think that's it because like the, the mark of a healthy relationship is you just kind of have natural conversation that mm. just goes back and forth. You're just kind of opening your mind. The other person's just, you know, there's a mix of listening and talking. And, and for George, the kind of – And you just talk about BS. You BS, talk about yeah, nothing. That's yeah. most of your life, right? You're going to have almost every meal with this person. Yeah. You're going to wake up. You're going to go to sleep. Like, Did you have a good day today or a bad day today? Well, if you have to say to your significant other, can we change the subject, that's not a good sign. Not usually. No, unless it's something really like offensive. But I mean, in some for way. something mundane that it's like, oh, we're, right, we're exactly. just the shit. It's like, yeah, you should be able to. The roll only time with I'll it. do that if I'm like on the phone, and then she comes in the room, and like she doesn't realize I'm on the phone, and like just random banter, and I'm like, Can you, I'm just, I'm, there's somebody on hold, like. Give well, me that's e- yeah, and that's even like that's, <laughs> that's just, but that's just being reasonable. That's I know, that's like, what I mean, yeah. Or like you're playing a video game and she's just talking and talking or like and talking. Or you're just you trying to, to make dinner <laughs> and like she's just talking and talking. You're like, you just shut the yeah. fuck up. Like I'm trying to make dinner. <laughs> well, I just always say like, I, I didn't get any of that. That's my response. I'm like, just for the record, like I have no idea what you said the last like, you know, two to 40 minutes. Like, I don't know what else. But that's what's like. sad about Costanza though, is there is a perfect partner out there for him where he could just be himself and banter, but he, he can't find it because he's, he's so zoomed into his own mind. Well, it's the girl he dates because of the gum. Which is that girl? Uh, season 8, she looks just like Jerry. Yeah. Oh, the Jerry oh, look right. alike, yeah. yeah. And it, he needed their relationship to be about something, and it was about gum because yeah. he 
he thought his breast smelled bad and asked her if she had a piece of gum at the party. But, but even remember the girl who he was dating who loved that he, like, let him wear velvet? And you were like, that's it. Uh, that's yes. his girl. But then she ate the discarded, like, peach seed or whatever. Yep. Or peach pit. And he, like, starts to, like, he starts to gag. And it's like, fair enough. I would, too. But, like, you're never going to find somebody who's, well, like. Well, that's the imbalance of George. He covers wants to everything. be fully accepted by someone, but he's not willing to fully accept someone else. Yeah, and that's kind of, it's kind of tragic in that sense, right? It is tragic. Yeah. Like, the whole show is really tragic. It's yeah. a dark sort of conclusion. There, there's a lot in there about how. Uh, it, it, you I, guys are bumming me out here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we can put butter on our skin and, like. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. This is very. Uh, <laughs> what butter? What are you talking nice. about? I can get butter from the fridge, buddy. <laughs> that's true. I do have butter. <laughs> Um, yeah, but no, I think, but I think, I think it's, uh, it really comes down to commentating on like human nature and like societal standards and just like expectations and those sorts of things. And it's like, yeah, there's a reason why these people, they're like spiraling throughout the series. Yeah. It's the worst parts of human nature compounded over nine years. Totally. (laughs) Like it's any one episode is something you or I could do or would do. But none of us would yeah. do it for 200 days of d- days out of our lives. It's something yeah. we might do in, in like a moment of desperation yeah. or a mindless moment where we're totally distracted. You know, but it's like, yeah, exactly. We're not going to sustain this level of psychosis. Or we're not going to continue to even go down some of these paths. Like I remember like one of my favorite examples of that is actually in season nine where the, the key to Jerry's lockbox winds up in the bird dish and the bird eats it. And Jerry's like, well, now the key's in the bird and the bird's in the cemetery. Like, what are we going to do? And Kramer goes, Kramer goes, I think you just answered your own question. And Jerry goes, oh, no. And Kramer goes, I'll get the shovel. And I'll it's like, at that point, it's like, no, we're not going to go give him the Portuguese guy at the end of the hall. <laughs> and he throws in the incinerator. Also, what Jerry says, like, when when uh, when that they, they're going, all right, you can see Fredo one last time. And Jerry goes, all right, Kramer, I dug up the bird. Now let's open her up. <laughs> let's cut him open. <laughs> Like he yells it like, I got him. Let's cut him open. It's like you wouldn't, you would never make it that far as a normal human. If you were digging up a dead bird in a pet cemetery, you wouldn't yell that into the night. But you might at that point think about being in that situation, being like, yeah, I fucking did it. I I can't imagine how I would act at that point. Yeah, I don't know. I would never dig up a bird. You say that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, until until he swallows your key with Jerry uh, Jerry Lewis's cufflinks. <laughs> in the box. So he can start a conver- he has a conversation starter with Jerry Lewis. Sure worked with George Papard when I met him last week. Yeah. <laughs> you have the same name. Jerry. <laughs> like hey, oh Kramer, my God. be careful. <laughs> Is that when he puts the chicken in the pot? Yeah. I'm oh gonna my give little God. Jerry a bath. That's scary that I knew what be episode in reference you were trying talking about from three words so i i'll do i'll do this thing in my brain when i hear a line or see a part i will to get back to the title of the episode and what season it happened in i just start connecting the dots in the episode because most there's some of them that i can't do it because everything doesn't connect good like jerry's just off on his own doing something or or doesn't really have Mm -hmm. a plot but i'll take okay you said that line of be careful with the water and um then i'll go okay Jerry said that to Kramer. What was Kramer mm-hmm. doing? He was with little Jerry. Oh, George was dating the convict. And Elaine was – there was cockfighting. Elaine was dating the bald guy who ends up in jail, and they actually <laughs> yeah, get engaged. But, and so that – oh, that's the little Jerry. It's in season eight. 
and like so i i make these little yeah. connections to get back to the beginning and every time i hear a line like that so it was very hard mm-hmm. listening i've only listened to signcast part one from you guys i still have to listen to part two but you guys are going you're just rapid firing your quotes as we're doing and i i couldn't make all the connections that i needed to make as well, that's, oh, from this, that's from this this is why I classify this as like a mental health issue. Well, I, I actually like, don't do what you just said. Like, I don't trace back and try to figure out where it's from. I, like, I'm perfectly okay to have these isolated like rooms in my brain where, like, you know, like a line is just a line. I kind of have a rough idea, but why well, just trace it back like, to the scene? Yeah, in my family, like, and my it must brother, be nice to be so of, mentally stable. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it was yeah, just a survival instinct because in my family, like my brother was the one that did the podcast with us, and in my family, the Seinfeld references—he's good, your brother—he's so really fast, good, yeah. And he's they quick. happen layer after layer, yeah. so like there'll be a season three reference, and then somebody will come back with a five reference that matches with that in some weird way. It's and just a correlative overlap. That's insane. It's a correlative insane. overlap of oh insanity, and then yeah. everyone laughs. And and if you want in on the action, you just gotta you like, gotta jump you gotta in. Skip you gotta wow. jump in. Yeah. I didn't but know so, that your whole family is so into that, that oh, together. Yeah. yeah. My family's kind of the same Everyone. way, except my brother and my parents will always butcher the quotes. Like they won't get them line for yeah. line. And then, then I have to try and figure out, okay, what were they talking about? Put it all together, then figure out the episode and then come back. So yeah, I, I wish I was as stable as you. Noobs. Noobs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because my parents are the same way where they'll, they'll remember like episodes, but specific lines, even if they think they remember it, sometimes it's like, like they're just a little hair- off, and yeah, a- with the haircut, they're like, "Oh yeah, in season." They, well, they won't even know. They're just like, "Oh yeah, that episode where blah blah." blah. It's like, "Nope, that's season nine actually." And they're like, "Wait, what?" I'm like, "No, it's funny." Like, let's and if it takes two minutes to make it. the reference, the moment's gone. You know, it's, right? It's, it's past. Yeah, but yeah, they they appreciate it though. Still, which I is can, what matters. I can yeah. usually, like you said, if if somebody drops a line and it's the right one, I can hit the next one. But mm-hmm. like in my brain, I'll I'll still be tracing it back too. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. My, my brain's a scary place of Seinfeldness. I know um, it's kind of, it, the universe the is complicated of enough. Consciousness, yeah, filled with Seinfeld it's, webs. It's confusing enough, and we just have this, yeah, this web of Seinfeld kind of overlaying. Who and thought, all. like millions yeah. of years ago, as like our monkey minds were evolving on the African plane, they would be filled with Seinfeld references? I'm amazed, actually, our last episode didn't involve Seinfeld because it was just what is real. And like my, Seinfeld would have played into that. Yeah. <laughs> my wife always goes, "Well, why can't you like remember anything important with all this?" I'm like, "I don't know. It's just there. Everything of Seinfeld is, is just there. It it, it it comes in handy." Yeah, I mean, I think again, like we've talked about so far, there's so much cultural um, commentary, and 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 beyond like thinking of it as just cultural commentary, it's like it's really. Um, it's about how and why people think the way they do and react the way they do. And like you said, like, you know, getting Luke, uh, your girlfriend starting to watch it, like she gets that commentary. It's not just. Oh, now we go around in the world and we just look at people. Yeah. And I'll it's universal. And be like, yeah. Can you believe that guy just did that? He's a close like, talker. Yeah. Like, look yeah. how close he talked to me. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. What oh, is that? Worst. Yeah. What is that? And it's it, it, it there. I mean, there's these universal concepts where you're just like. Yeah, that's weird. That's odd behavior. Like, yeah. what's going on it's with that? It's calling out odd behavior, basically, yeah. 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 To a large extent, yeah. So, so let's get back to the engagement. Uh, we, we're only through two episodes out of 25 so far, so <laughs> oh, we got we got a long way to go. God damn it. <laughs> this may end up getting broken into two parts also. What, aren't there 24 <laughs> episodes a season or something like that? I have 25 listed here. Oh, no. I have... <laughs> 20 uh, there's 22 episodes and i have 25 talking points because i have some after the actual engagement 
but there's some there's some yeah there's some episodes that nothing happens with their engagement so we kind of skip over those some one-offs yeah the the next one was the maestro and this is where uh he susan buys him a shirt at ross's their her uncle's store and he feels like he's going to own the store someday for whatever reason and he you know he can just sense the slightest human suffering and gets the store robbed yeah, that's essentially how the episode so, goes. One of my favorite aspects yeah. about that episode is, and this is very, very like tied in close with Curb Your Enthusiasm and like a Larry move. Obviously, Larry and George are the same character, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But George can't care about his fiance to to listen to her and try to connect. Right? That's not where he detects human suffering. He detects human suffering at the level of a stranger. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like right. that's not a bad thing, but you need to you need to like like take that. It, it, if if that were a genuine a yeah. like um, I don't think you know. What do you think? Do you think he was genuinely worried about the security guard, or was that just some way to keep his brain? He busy? he wasn't genuinely. He didn't genuinely care about that security guard as a person. He cared about. The concept, yeah. Why? Yes, the concept. Why would somebody stand when they could sit? Right. Or, or <laughs> he wanted to prove that he was right. Anybody would rather sit when they when they could stand. If given or the choice, would, yeah. Yes, and, if and given the choice, you'd sit rather than stand. And it might even be more messed up than that in the sense that, like, yeah, like, when do you see him caring about Susan's well-being? And it's like, well, he can't because that's too not, much. Not when he bought the invitations. That's what I mean. It's too, it's too much. So if he can channel it into something that really doesn't take much energy, but it makes him feel like a great person. No, but that's a, he oh, feels like, accomplished. He, a lot yeah. of energy. he had to, like, go buy a chair and carry it there. And, like, he doesn't have a car, does he? I mean, sometimes that's exactly does. it yeah but well like, that's the thing it's yeah he buys he buys uh do, right john voight's car that's true riding like, around in john voight's I, I've, car i've been to new york city a lot of times like parking there is a bitch and like <laughs> but yeah you can't get your car for that yeah like you know does the so, baby want to see the parking space it took a lot of effort <laughs> to get that security guard chair is my point you know? right like why couldn't he just channel that into his actual relationship and it's well, like, and he's he he's it. the same guy that will put so much effort into avoiding work when it's easier That's just true, to complete yeah. the task that he was assigned. Exactly. Yeah. Like that. Like in, instead of just re-asking uh, Wilhelm, you know, what what the task was, he oh, I just saw that ran amok trying to figure out from all these little context clues of a Wilhelm whose mind is slipping. You Things will be better when you're downtown. downtown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who did uh, it, what they did, or how it got done. <laughs> And Jimmy Crackhorn, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> so at this point, Susan should break up with him, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's he's already cried, broken down crying to, yeah. to get it postponed. Although I think, like that I think shows that, weakness and that he doesn't want to do it. I think that was a good thing for her. Like she thought, oh, he's being vulnerable. Like, you know, I'm I'm the stereotypical right. woman who enjoys seeing a man be vulnerable because that means they're being honest and yeah. that means we're building something honest together. If anything, that probably strengthened. But he faked cried in front of her. Yeah, but that probably strengthened their relationship in her eyes. If anything. In her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not what he intended. <laughs> Not what he intended. Yeah. And I guess he can he can probably lie his way out of this one too and say like I was really just worried about the security guard. Why has he got to stand all day? You know, I was I was trying to be nice. Yeah. Well, he, he not only lies right. to other people, he, he's lying to himself. Like, he, he tells oh, himself, absolutely. like, no, I'm just doing a good thing. But, no, you're just distracting yourself from the fact that you're unhappy in life. And, yeah. and you're distracting the security guard from doing his yeah, job. Right? That, yeah. <laughs> but how many people do that, right? I mean, here we come back to the commentary. How many people find things to distract themselves or feel bad about or complain about 
And it's like, wait a minute, have you assessed what's really making you unhappy? Or are you just projecting that through other means? Because like, wait a second, no lessons, too much no lessons. Ah, ah. <laughs> I don't think it's a lesson so much as like, I think that's part of what it's saying, right? It's like, you look what happens when you, you act this way when you're this type of person. And I think a lot, obviously, right. like we see this, like a lot of people to some degree, or oftentimes lesser degrees, we act like this. But it's funny to take that and just kind of expand upon it. Like that's the comedy. It's dialing that aspect of yeah. all of our personalities. Yeah, up. Dial, dialing it up. But that not, aspect not just, were, yeah. What if that aspect on yeah, the mixer definitely. were dialed up and all the other aspects that balance that were dialed right. down? Yeah. That's the Seinfeld. And it exposes right. them for what they are. Because all the side characters in Seinfeld are insane too. Uh, yeah. Like, that's Ramon? True. Like we can get to him because that's in season seven too. Like <laughs> Ramon? So see you, Ramon? <laughs> Tell Ramon we said hi. No, I don't hang out with just, Ramon. Yeah, just stalk some guy that works out at the club that he works at. <laughs> hey, Jerry, it's Ramon. I'm coming up. He just tells him I'm coming up. Yeah, I'm. Co- hey, I'm coming up. And it's like, what is he doing here? <laughs> All I was right, in the Ramon. neighborhood. I figured I'd check you out. All right, Ramon. You know how many? That's so the night. That me and my brother always say when we're done hanging out, we're just like, All right, Ramon. Yeah, it's like I'm done with you. Yeah, you you bored me now. So yeah. uh, all right. So I. I had a terrible relationship in college one time with a girl and it it went terribly for several months. And then like a year and a half later, she texts me out of the blue, says something about, she saw something that reminded her of me, you know, whatever, what crazy girls do to, to get their claws back Mm -hmm. in. Yeah. And I was like, all right, whatever. And like, talk to her nice. And then she asked, like, she would like, she was like, I'd really like to be friends. And I used the line from Jerry. I've really got as many friends as I can handle right now. <laughs> That's great. And her answer was actually, fair enough, I understand that. I was like, I what? really can't wow. fit any more friends. <laughs> I really only have room for three friends. True. <laughs> I didn't go that far into yeah. it, but I just said, I really have all the friends yeah. I can handle right Which now. Which also fair enough. Like, that's that's legitimate, right? That, that is a legitimate yeah, thing. Yeah, it's just you wouldn't think without having watched Seinfeld to say that. But it's like, it, it's true. It's right. like sometimes you're just like, yeah, I'm at capacity. Like this is yeah. all I can handle socially. Fair I've been enough. At capacity I can't handle going to another person's. No, BS I can't thing. take on that. Like, Especially like, all the like there. It, the more friends you have, the more things you're required to go to. Like if I say Joe, let's right. meet at the bar for a beer. You don't have to go. But if I say like, hey Joe, like my daughter is having a christening. I don't have a daughter. I'm just saying hypothetically. Uh, my, I'm not going to your daughter's christening. I'll tell you. You know that what right I mean? Now. Like. Yeah, I'm not sure. Count us out. You want to go to the bar, man? <laughs> during his daughter's. Yeah. Can I can I hold the baby? Can I hold the baby during his circumcision? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Did you have a point, Luke? No. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's, it's no, just. I, I know your life. point. Yeah. There's more BS things yeah. to do, and if you yeah. if you go to Joe's thing, and you know Jimmy sees you at Joe's thing, then you got to do Jimmy's BS yeah, thing Jimmy's the next gonna week. Yeah, Jimmy's going to be like, oh, we're having a barbecue to, to like celebrate moving into the new Jimmy's house. Jimmy's having you know? a barbecue. Fuck Jimmy. Oh, oh, Luke doesn't go to Jimmy's barbecue. He's a real asshole. It's like <laughs> I don't want to be called an asshole, so I'll fucking go to the barbecue, I guess. You know. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Jimmy. So the next episode is the wink. Nothing on the engagement there. That's oh, George, that's a fun. Uh, getting his coworker. That's one, yeah, yeah, that's a good episode. Is that the one? Getting his coworker. Is that the one with the, the card and Kramer? Paul O'Neill. Kramer makes Paul O'Neill promise yeah. he'll hit two home runs. <laughs> Three home runs. And then he's got to catch a. a he's got to catch a fly ball in his hat. Yeah, that's right. That's I love how, how like, Kramer thinks he can like manipulate this kid. And the kid in the hospital room is just like, no way, mister. 
Like, we had a deal, and this was not the exact deal. I'm keeping this. Timmy, I need you to do me a favor. Get better and walk again one day? Yeah, that'd be really nice. But I really just need yeah, that part. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a fun... There's a lot of, like, really fun, like, kind of one-off episodes like that. We were, me and Luke were talking about that before we started recording about how Season 7, there's, there's a few like that where I don't know how much they actually even uh, um, reference the engagement, but they're just, like... Again, they re- by season seven they're There's, really hitting their points narratively. Like it's just funny. Yeah, there. I've skipped. I skipped. I don't have notes on like five or six yeah. episodes that just there was nothing about the engagement going on, and there's still these these funny. There's some of the best episodes, yeah. Which the next, the next one is the hot tub where nothing happens with the engagement, but Kramer yeah. gets his hot tub. <laughs> um, the the yeah. uh, marathoner comes. That's to a stay really with funny Elaine. one. Yeah, that's a great one. The George George takes the uh, the guys from Houston oh, yeah. out. No, that's not the no, mutton. Um, no, I'm mixing up mutton because no, it's it's the wake up is the wake up guy that's not the, that's the wake, the wake up, up guy. guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that that's that's in the wink. Okay, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's before. Where yeah. the hot tub is where Kramer starts yeah. filling up his hot tub by filling up a small glass in Jerry's sink. Oh, does he? Yeah. I don't remember that. That's funny. Like, it's like you know, like a water pitcher of some kind. And Jerry's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, I got a yeah. hot tub." He's like, first off, it's going to take like a thousand of those to fill up a hot tub." Welcome to Kramer Universe. <laughs> Kramer reality. Also, what's right? wrong with your water? What, yeah. what was his answer to that? With your help, well, Kramer's we'll get answer that is always like, "Oh, I don't have a sink." He'll be like, "I don't have furniture." But he had an answer. Somebody said, "Like, what's up with?" Yeah. Oh no! Somebody said, "Doesn't Kramer have running water?" And Jerry goes, "I don't ask those kind of questions." Yeah, I don't have yeah, those fair questions. Enough. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Jerry really tries to not get involved. I like um I think this is season eight when uh Jerry's down visiting his parents, he's supposed to pick up the Cubans for Kramer and uh <laughs> yeah. he's he's he calls Kramer and Kramer's cooking in his apartment and uh he asks him what color shirt he's wearing <laughs> and he just goes, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He yeah. can't even make up a color. He's just like, Oh, pause damn. Yeah. <laughs> He got he got caught on what colors his shirt. Um, so the next episode is the soup Nazi. Not a wow. lot of relationship George what a stuff in this what one. An amazing episode. Uh, classic, yeah. One, classic. One of the best, yeah. The only thing that happens in this one is um, he starts PDAing with uh, Susan because he's trying to show not because he actually cares for Susan and wants to show his affection for, her, but because he wants to show Jerry how Shmoopy. intolerable he is, and it just bounces off Jerry. Shmoopy. Well, Shmoopy, it, Shmoopy. Jerry yeah. notices, but it doesn't affect him because like. Jerry's Jerry. I I think Jerry knows what he's doing too, and it's just he doesn't want to give it's George so the satisfaction because, like, yeah, Susan loves it. So, yeah, Susan thinks he's like reached a new pinnacle in their I, relationship. Yeah, I and when finally she, got him to like be and vulnerable when she, and like. And when she mentions it to him, he's just like, "What?" Like he's like, "What?" what oh I, yeah, I yeah, was sure. just trying to get back at Jerry, which and, is a classic Seinfeld <laughs> moment where anytime a character gets deep yeah. and is saying something really truthful and like difficult. The other characters are barely paying attention. Yep, like uh, like when George is doing the crossword puzzles. That's the girl he should have ended up with. The crossword puzzle girl. He can't oh, end yeah, up with right. anybody though. I mean, I think he's just a tragic character. That's well, like, yeah, yeah. Well, you true. even see that in the curb. Uh, well, well, kind of in the the curb um reunion episode. Yeah, where he does wind up getting back with her, but he gets genied because he has to sign a prenup. So in case they get divorced, he can't get his own. Money he can't back, get his yeah. own money, and he's only marrying her for his own money to begin with. So it's like even then, there's right. there's, there's something there's like a barb to it where you're just like ah, it's not quite there. Right. 
Yeah. Uh, so next is the secret code. By the way, before we so, leave Soup Nazi, one of my trivia yeah. questions is about that episode for you later on. Okay. Can't wait. <laughs> there will be a trivia challenge at the end of this oh, for everyone already, who's yeah. somehow still listening. <laughs> yeah. At, at our at hour three of this podcast, there will be a, a trivia God. challenge. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so the secret code, um, he won't share that his his passcode with Susan, which I got to say, there's a few points throughout this where I'm going to take George's side. I'm going to go with George on this one. Interesting. I, I, I don't have a problem. I trust my wife with my, um, with all my passwords. She, she knows them. She just doesn't know the little different variations that I put of special characters or capitals or whatever. But I, I was never afraid of telling her it's, I don't trust when she's putting them in. Like when I'm putting it in, I know I'm at my computer by myself or I'm not saying it out loud or like nobody's looking over my shoulder kind of thing. Right. Or like she's women are very open with their friends as men aren't. Yeah. way more. Um, so women, t- women talk about everything, every little thing. So it's like to her, if they want to get into my Netflix, um, and this was when we were dating, but if they want to get into my Netflix account, cause she's over at her friend's house and they want to watch something on Netflix. To her, it's like, well, I'll just tell her the password. She's, I trust her, so you should trust her. No, I don't trust her. I, I don't know her. Yeah, how many layers of trust <laughs> I, we gotta spend can, out? Yeah. So, so I'm with George on Bosco, and we we find out later uh, when uh, in the sponge that Susan cannot be trusted with a secret. That's true. This is true. Yeah, the vault it's, is not it's secure. Literally, the first thing she does is break the the, the vault. Like she tells her friend yeah. that like Jerry that, got the that, number off the age list. And that was George's fear. Yep. And because is that exactly. the one where Jerry says like you know what this means you're out of the loop and George and, freaks and out because George he's like, would oh rather be in the loop with Jerry than be in a relationship with Susan. Absolutely, yeah. Exactly. Him and yeah. Susan don't have and, a loop, or really a relationship. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, only on paper, kind of maybe. Not yet on paper. I and, know that's. <laughs> and so that's where I think I think George is kind of on that same page. He trusts Susan, but he doesn't trust where Susan's going to go with that information. And he probably doesn't. Actually well, I think trust part Susan. of it too <laughs> is that he talks about how. Part of his justification is this idea that can't something still just be for me? Is that so selfish? And Jerry says, I think that's the definition of selfish. But it's this <laughs> idea to him that like he has this sense of like independence or autonomy that like he does not want to surrender. Like he does not want to give up that identity of George, which is shitty to begin with, kind of, because like we've identified, the identity of George is body George, liar George, you know, cheater George, but movie George, movie George coffee shop George. But part of the pro- part of the thing is to his point, like he doesn't want to give it up because giving it up is becoming like an an entity with Susan who he doesn't really like to begin with. But that's on him for he, being yeah. He with doesn't her. want to be yeah. That if he was with somebody who he really loved and cared about, then yeah, he might be more liable to give up that sense of independence. So maybe but. maybe here's what should have happened. He should have ended up with uh, Jeannie Garofalo's character that oh, uh, Jeannie Stein that's interesting. because she's so much like yeah. Jerry yeah. he should have ended up with You're, her you might be onto something there, we go. there yeah. at the same time I think he also secretly hates Jerry like you know like well yeah like him and Jerry have their moments of not getting along the only reason any yeah. of these Seinfeld characters are friends is because they don't really care about each other or listen to each other you know what I mean and and they and they know nobody else will care yeah. about them. Yeah, so they're they're sort of like an, an unwritten agreement. They're stuck in this loop. Like, yeah. yeah, it's their own like society of rejects. Yeah. sort of who kind of band Elaine's together. Elaine's the only yeah. one that has the possibility of getting out, but she's been with the losers for too long. She yeah, she's like tainted at yeah. this point. Yeah, 
She tries with the Bizarro group, and they they boot her. Pretty yeah, because quick. they're real point, people. Yeah. yeah, as Jerry says says one time, I'm. I think he says I'm. I'm tainted goods, and Elaine just says, "Yeah, welcome to the club." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So he ends up telling her that it's Bosco after he kills uh Jay Peterman's mom, which I like. I like how you sign on the fact that he yeah, actually killed. Jay did he Peterman's kill her? Mom. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. She's on her deathbed Peter, already. Peterman thinks he did. Yes. His name was Costanza. He killed my mother. That's <laughs> what he wrote, right? So what do like you think a... Bosco was to her? What do you think? What do you think she thought Bosco was? I think she was tripping out on like the last moments of her life, and like that just became like. But who knows? Maybe Peterman was was right because Peterman says like my mother once had like a lover in Costa Rica. Could have been a lover, yeah. Perhaps his name was Bosco. Like, who knows? We don't know. Fucking Peter. I love Peterman. Peterman Peterman was a great side character. John, you're obviously lying. Anyone can see. Now give me your code, man. Your code. (laughs) Yeah, you're obviously lying. Anyone can see. Also, in the restaurant, like, or, uh, no, at at the funeral, when Elaine says, oh, I'm speaking at a women's conference, and George says, oh, I'm speaking at a men's conference, and... And Peterman's like, I wouldn't believe that for a minute. Like, <laughs> which at that point George should be able to say, like, yeah, so I'm gonna go anyway because I'm, going, yeah. I'm clearly a lying piece of shit. And Peterman's just like, oh no, I, I, I don't I know called, you. <laughs> yeah, I called you out, so now you have to keep playing along with my yeah. like, oh, we're like, you but know, we just met. We're in together. You're my friend's us. boss, and yeah. she ditched this whole thing. Yeah. So she, and, even she doesn't care. Yeah. And Jerry has a great line in the 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 first time they meet up with him when he when they're trying to get out of it because Elaine uh, goes on the date with the guy that doesn't remember her. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Jerry, Jerry says, "Come on, weave your web wire, man." And he's like, "I got yeah. nothing. I'm, I'm I'm drawing a blank. I got nothing." Yeah. yeah. And then afterwards, I think Jerry says, "Why didn't you come up with your own excuse?" And he goes, "I reached down and there was nothing there. There was nothing there." <laughs> and he just like he he as Jerry's telling his story about how he's got a a uh, spot to get at a comedy club. George is just like nodding along and pointing to Jerry, like Jerry's going to include him and just be able yeah. to leave and. Which is, a ter- which is a terrible excuse, too, because how do you agree to go to dinner and then be like, oh, yeah, I forgot I have to work? That's a good trivia. What's the name of the restaurant worker that Peterman goes, you know, uh, yells to someone and says, it'll just be the two of us? Oh, he has a name. Oh. Yeah, that, that, the hostess of that restaurant. Oh, I thought it was name. just like the, the maitre d' or something. No. Yeah, but they have it. Yeah, he, does, he says, I'll tell the maitre d' that it'll just that's, be the two of that's us. That's what I thought, yeah. But I think when he – I'm not positive. I don't have the answer, by the way, but I'm pretty sure when he – um, when he yells to them, I I thought he said a name. Oh, I thought he just I mean, said Major D, but I would be. That's what I thought he said too. Yeah, I would be interested to challenge you on this. I think he says. I think he says, "I'll tell the Major D," and then he goes, "Young man," and he walks off. Oh, uh, that could, I, I could be, be too. wrong too. Huh? You selling those bananas? <laughs> you no melons. Yeah, sell melons me one of for... your melons, right? Is what he yells. It'll always yeah. be Burma to me. <laughs> So so George does tell Susan, or she finds out through the the whole ordeal that there was with the ATM booth. Um, how long do you think it was before he changed his secret code? I would say that day, but it's it's also not. Well, she went and got she went and got money out of it because that's what she says. She brings him money from the cash machine and says, "We're out of Bosco" or something like that. Oh, so he and probably just like never changed it because he's just lazy. Well, he would have to change it because now everybody knows. So she might have just been. But referring. it's also the nineties. Like, I mean, she might have just been joking. You got to go to the yeah. bank and change it. You can't just do that. Oh yeah. And, yeah, you got to go to the bank. No Somebody has to phone, actually yeah. get your card. And yeah. what if they don't say hello to you when you're at the bank? I was bank? just gonna say, what if they just say hey? 
Well, you got a hundred bucks or twenty bucks because we'll it starts with an H. Twenty-five bucks to leave us alone. <laughs> yeah, he says our feeling is you, you got a greeting that starts with an H. How's twenty dollars? <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Which even that was so funny because I'm like, don't they throw in the toaster too? Oh, do they? I don't remember I think that. So. But I just, I just remember thinking that's so funny because like it's like yeah, you got the first letter right out of the five letter word. <laughs> so they literally gave him the right percentage of money. Also, yeah, Kramer was like, missing the point of the program, which was we Kramer want was, our tellers to they greet you. But also, what was Kramer only went down there to try yeah, to get right. to not yeah, say hello. He doesn't hello. have a bank account. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like he doesn't <laughs> go there to open do business. Like one subtext of that like policy would be like you have to be a customer at our bank. You know, it's, right. it's too bad Jackie Childs had already given up on him because that would have been a great uh, prosecution for exactly. Jackie Childs. Oh, you can't God. put a bomb on that. You know, you just told you put the bomb on that. <laughs> Starts with an H, not a hello. Not the same thing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so the next episode uh, is Ramon, the pool guy, oh, comes in. Ramon. And this is your worlds colliding. George, yeah. divided against himself, cannot stand. Uh, and this is just the most beautiful, selfish beautiful. possible. Yeah. He like you like we've been saying the whole time, he just can't give up on himself to either allow Susan into what he already is or to become something different and grow up. Yeah, the, like there's a he growing has to up have these where two he can integrate things. them, right? Right. But but he can't do it. But but the whole thing is a farce to begin with, so he he's unable to do that. Like he has to he's okay to keep his fake personality world, but he has to keep it far away from the world of friends where he's at least somewhat close to being a real like he's at least person. comfortable. He's comfortable at least. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And and that's the one where Elaine is going to the um the, the museum of miniatures with Susan and she opens up her vault and they go yeah. to see Chunnel at the end of the Chunnel. movie. That's a whole different podcast of what are the best Seinfeld made up movies. Oh my god, the, the, those are some of those titles are just so iconic. It's just like what I love how Susan gets turned off by Jerry and Elaine talking in the movie. They're like, "What is that guy doing? Oh wait, wait I thought he was with them. Is he with them? Like, YouTube, please." <laughs> Yeah, and then, why is that guy in the channel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where are you going like, from? Clearly you should channel. shut the fuck up and start watching the movie. Oh yeah, and Larry David just yells, Everybody out of the channel. <laughs> I love I love when Larry David just oh. yells lines in movies. Just the voice yeah. drops off the side. My yeah. other favorite random moment from that uh Ramon Poolboy episode is okay, so I can understand Ramon purposely taking the towels away from the area where Jerry is. But what is Newman going to do with all those towels? He's not—he can't steal them from the he's, gym. He's a glutton, dude. So he's only going to use them. Out he can put them all in his yeah, locker, dude. I guess, and just save That's them. That's Newman's thing. He's a glutton. But he's carrying them yeah. on his way to the pool. He's like, I hit the jackpot, Jerry. Towels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And also, the, maybe he was on his way back from the pool. Possible, yeah. Well, no, because he wasn't. And wet. also the fact that when Ramon falls in the pool and, and Jerry goes, I think we're, somebody's going to need to give him mouth to mouth. And like, they're just like, <laughs> well, you do it. Well, you pulled him in. Well, you know, yeah. you jumped on him. So somebody eventually came. Yeah, came somebody mouth eventually mouth. came. And then they're like, how can you ever show your face there again? Oh, we can't. They revoked our membership. And Jerry looks at Newman. Newman too. We can't go anywhere near the place. Jerry looks at Newman and says, he might die. And Newman says, yeah. Yeah, he like, could. I'm comfortable no, with he that. says, yeah, he could. He could. He might. Like, yeah. he might. Like, it's possible. And what's that got? But Newman is truly evil, and we know that Newman is this truly is true, evil. Yeah. So, so Newman is kind of playing at Jerry, like, I'm evil. You're the one that has to save yeah. him. And Jerry can't do it. But Jerry at the same time, when you go. study like um, the relationships between heroes and their arch nemesis, like, like it's not that the heroes are all evil and the nemesis is all bad. It's that actually. They're, 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 
there's a duality of like both are in both. two sides of the same coin. And so like you yeah. take Harry Potter and Voldemort, or like um, you know, we just did a Harry Potter episode. Listen oh, dude, to episode I listened 29, to that one, Harry the Sorcerer's Stone one. Yeah, it was fucking yes. hilarious because that movie, like, what the fuck, Sorcerer's Stone, like, like, yeah, sure, Dumbledore put this really dangerous thing <laughs> right in a school filled with children. Great idea. That and, and that boom. <laughs> all the all the things blocking it, you just taught eleven year olds how to do. So obviously, the greatest, the uh, most evil, powerful wizard ever is going to be able even to figure if it out. That's amazing. Like, I love it. Stupid if, Dumbledore. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I get it as a story, but like, the best wizard in the whole world of wizarding should probably be smarter than than that. <laughs> yes, and th- we just did a whole episode on that. So if you want to hear my thoughts, go listen to episode twenty nine. Um, but yeah, so, and we've got a lot more Harry Potter coming in the future. If oh, you you're doing Harry more of those Potter. episodes? I, I, I'm working on a, a Horcrux, Horcrux oh, nice. episode theory that's going to blow nice, minds. Nice. Um, so back to, uh, the important stuff, Seinfeld. <laughs> um, our next episode that we hit is the sponge. Ooh, I heard that's coming off the market. Where he, yeah, it is off the market. I got to do a hard target search, every drugstore, <laughs> grocery store in a 25 block radius. Um, he ruins the makeup sex because he just doesn't know how to use a condom and he has no idea what Susan's birth control is. Do you guys think that's a bad thing? I mean, that he doesn't know. I think know? it's kind of weird. Like, like that's, that's really weird to not know like any data on that front. You know, like that means yeah. like, is you should at least know the general like, type. You just walk in the room and the lights are off and you just kind of like, like, I can't understand how that would... He assumes it's something. But they... Like, okay, so if I were going out with a girl and we were about to have sex, like, I would... The question would come up because I would say, yes. hey, are you on birth Because you'd control? either have to have a condom ready. Right, because you would... <laughs> otherwise, you'd have to have and a condom And that's when ready. they might say, oh, I'm not on birth control, but I use the sponge or something like that. Right. But... Did the sponge ever actually exist as a thing? Was I, that a thing? I, 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 honestly, I always that? assumed the sponge existed, but like I have no like personal data on it. I don't, I don't know either. Elaine also uses a diaphragm later on, right? The diaphragm. It falls yeah. right uh, it earlier. Flying out of Virgin. Exactly. Yeah. 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 She bought a whole um, case of them. So yeah, I, I kind of thought that was weird too. Like I, like I know my wife is on some form of pill. I don't. I wouldn't know what brand yeah, it knowing is. Knowing the brand but like, is, is not as important as just generally knowing something. I know if she sends me to CVS, like I know that I'm going to the pharmacy to pick something up and not looking. But you on know, the aisles. You, you know that she's on something more than the fact that just like I assume. I, I assume, assume it's something. Yeah. I assume we don't have any little sevens <laughs> on the way. Seven Costanza. Also, Mug like Costanza. there's so many details there, like not to get graphic, but like. What what is he doing like afterwards? Like like th- like that's when all these conversations would come up. Yeah, you would need some cleanup yeah. process. That's, a, that's <laughs> actually from a practical standpoint. Like yeah, what the like, or does what is he this just plan? immediately leave and just turn on sports and then like she? Oh, ideally the trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the trifecta. The, the TV is already on. Andy. One has of my favorite quote, uh, uh, quotes in Seinfeld, which I actually I use as a meme a lot now, is when George says to Jerry. I flew too close to the sun on wings of pastrami, and Jerry goes, "Wings of pastrami." Yeah, that's what you did, and and, and that face <laughs> that Jerry makes. You know what you did, Caligula. <laughs> yeah, I just love how he keeps referring to them as like Caligula and like, oh my god. But I, I that face that Jerry makes when he says, "Yeah, that's what you did." I actually use that to like write yeah. memes now, where when I'm just like commenting on things and people are like, "Oh, so and so," and I say, 
yeah, that's what you meant. Or like, yeah, that's what you did. Or like, yeah, that's what's happening here, you know? The, my go-to's, uh, that's uh, a shame. That's a shame. That, um, I, yeah, I, I think, what season was it with the beauty pageant where they do that? Um, that was season, season five. five. Oh, six. six? Okay. Six. That was the first episode of six, which I have a theory really? on that, too. I don't think Jerry killed the Who doves. Who do you think killed the doves? I think Kramer did it. I think it was sabotage because Kramer can't. Wait, you succeed. think you think Kramer self-sabotaged? So, oh, that's so I don't. It's not fully formed. I, I guess I'll go into it. We're already an hour and fifteen minutes. I, I, I really, I need to, now that you've said it, I I need to hear it. Thanks. So, <laughs> you guys have stayed yeah. in a hotel before, right? And you've been on a balcony in a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way. Oh, there's no overlap. You can. There's no overlap. You can't throw ice off of a balcony and hit something right below you like you would throw it out outwards you can't throw it straight down and hit whatever's underneath you right so that's my first of jerry didn't do it it's more theory of jerry didn't do it than kramer did it but i'll get to why i think kramer did it yeah um so i and the birds flying i think there there maybe really were pigeons outside of jerry's room that just flew away when the ice came around you do hear them i think right you hear them you hear them flutter and even even if that bucket was half full of water, mm-hmm. how's that drowning, what, six doves? How's it drowning them? It would just douse them. Like, these are birds. That's they the fly out in the universe, rain. though. It's like, well, you know, yes. there's no explaining how unfortunate the coincidences are. Well, how- but in a world where in a world where we can't explain these things, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> you can't you can't throw the water down that straight, and it would never kill those birds in that By way. By definition, drowning only- means you're submerged in water for a long time. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. The only thing I could say is if it scared them enough that they all bang their heads on the cage and but that's unlikely. Concuss like themselves heart attack to death. or something. Or, or yeah. hypothermia. And I love how Kramer figures it out right away. Kramer's just like, oh, and, no, right. Kramer just looks outside. It has to be that, and there's no evidence that. That they're just one floor up on the like even in the same room. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. so, Kramer just assumes because he needs well, so so here's where I get to Kramer did it. Because Kramer points the finger really quickly because he needs a scapegoat to tell the the contestant. Right. And and Jerry was already in his mind, Jerry was already sabotaging her anyways because she couldn't keep her poise because of him. Poise counts. If I Boys told counts. you one time, I've told you a thousand times. Boys. So, so here's what I, th- why I think Kramer did it. Kramer has a gambling problem. Oh, oh that's Kramer a good element. Kramer bet yeah. against her, and but knew that with the doves oh. and his coaching, she would win. So he had to do something to sabotage. So he killed the doves. And you know, Kramer uh. can find like the back alley betting against the Miss America pageant. I, oh, absolutely. I can't believe that's I can't sweet believe action. I'm about to say this, but that's not too bad. <laughs> Now it's that's not too on. bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that. That's that weaves together a lot of his personality and sort of because it, it's so hard to analyze Kramer beyond. I spend a lot of time thinking about. Yeah, these things. <laughs> no, I can see beyond. But like you think, like like George, there's so much to talk about. Jerry, there's so much to talk about in terms of like character development. Kramer is so seemingly like there, there's something about he's just random. There's something about him where he's like chaos, right? But you get yeah. these hints that, like, he has money somehow, or, like, he'll mention how he was, like, discharged from the military, but, like, won't reference in any way, like, how or why. Like, Well, he did He did sell the rights to his um, coffee table book. Oh, he did? Yeah, that's when he retires. Oh, that's right. And he mo- Wait, is that when he moves to Florida? Moves to Florida, <laughs> and he, he uh, 
George asks him who would buy that book and base a movie on that book. And he says, did you ever read the book on toy ray guns? Ever see Independence right. Day? That's right. Yeah. So that's what I feel like. Yeah, he has like – there are these connections that are never fully like flushed out with, with Kramer. But you can kind of connect the dots like that, which is why a Kramer theory like that kind of makes a lot of sense, I feel like. Right? Yes. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's why I thought of it. I like that. Yeah. So back, bringing it back to George here, uh, the next episode's the gum where uh, Lloyd Braun comes back into the picture. George kind of visits his old neighborhood and he openly hits on, I don't remember her name, but the girl next door while the, the pops fixes oh, his car. Crazy pops, yeah. He's just like hitting on her through that entire He's episode. He's getting off on her engaged. being interested in him because like he never has a girl right. interested in him, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and he has a story to tell that he's engaged and she's interested in that. So he wants to keep talking to her. And now he thinks she actually likes him. He also him, has the story to he's tell of like, engaged. can you believe Lloyd Braun's crazy? And I'm not, right. you know, Lloyd Braun's the one who's crazy. The one everyone said, Lloyd Braun, you never could compete with Lloyd Braun. Lloyd Braun. But it turns out I did because he's been in the loony bin. It's like, okay, but he still seems Serenity like a better now. person than you, George. You could never compete with Lloyd but also later. his phone wasn't even hooked up when they were selling computers. He was just crazy. <laughs> Ding! Yeah. He just liked to uh, hit the bell. <laughs> yeah, that episode's pretty That's a great, great altogether. Like, of course, Kramer gets obsessed with, like, the Alex, the theater that he opens up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And then George has to wear the uh, the King Henry oh, outfit yeah, that's at the great. end. Yeah. And, and he, yeah. go, he goes crazy chasing down Ruthie Cohen. <laughs> To try to yell at her that he's not crazy. <laughs> One of my favorite moments. No, no he, Ruthie Cohen is, he thinks she stole the $20 bill with the lips Oh, on that's it. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the lady from the diner. Right. Who, fun fact, she's the one who's been in the most episodes after them, right, Ruth? I think I so. Guess so. Yeah. Because right. she's kind of in the background a lot. She's, I think she's credited. I like, can believe that for sure. Yeah, I think after. It, it would have to be her or Frank. I, I, yeah, I think if you go to like IMDB or something like that, it's like in, in order of appearance, it's like. The four of them and then her. One of my favorite moments from Seinfeld is from that episode when Kramer, Lloyd Braun, and Jerry are all sitting in Jerry's apartment oh, chewing, chewing gum. gum. Yeah. And Kramer says, nothing like a couple of buddies like chewing gum around the holidays. And they're just sitting there <laughs> chewing gum. And the look on Lloyd Braun's chewing face gum. is just amazing. Yeah. It's just like. <laughs> it's just bliss. Here just, we are. I'm just chewing it's gum with bliss. my buddies around yeah. the holiday. Yeah. Yeah. He. He may have been lobotomized. Exactly. That's it, a great it's point sort of too, almost yeah. like a dog-like bliss. He's like, I'm just totally present chewing some gum here around the holidays. <laughs> well, the fact that his thing is like, I can get you gum. It's like, okay, thanks. Like, yeah, it's like, sure, I can gives get him gum 100. downstairs yeah. too. Yeah. Is it just me or is that a lot of gum? That's a lot of gum. <laughs> also, Jerry, you can like move your glasses, adjust them briefly and like see for a second. Yeah, yeah. kind of like just glance out the yeah. top of them. It's or like, like it, you're looking in your wallet, so you could kind of like look at like, the bottom. It's of like the glass. Luke yeah. wears glasses, and if you did everything that you just said, I wouldn't think anything. If of I just it. did this real quick, yeah, you wouldn't be like, "I'm crazy." He doesn't wear glasses. Yeah, if you yeah. just like lowered your glasses to look at something, I'd be like, "Oh, it must have not been adjusted." I wouldn't, you know, like I wouldn't think like this is a conspiracy against me. But that's the classic. Like, but but that's part of Kramer's craziness is. He thinks Jerry needs to do all that to convince Lloyd Braun Lloyd Braun's not crazy. Right. Which he is. That's a perfectly thing. And Jerry Jerry just likes playing around. Jerry just likes to play along. Yeah. So Jerry's bored, so he'll play Other along. Other than giving hundred dollars. Right. Like, yeah. I mean that's that's essentially Jerry's world is like these are old games. And when your working hours are your working hours are like eleven PM to two AM, like you've got to find something to do with your exactly. days. Exactly. <laughs> 
Hey, this is an ad about something. Audible, to be exact. Audible is a great way to catch up on all your favorite stories while on the go. Audible includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers. I've been using Audible for years on my daily commute to catch up on some of my favorite fantasy stories including Harry Potter, The Once and Future King, and A Song of Ice and Fire narrated by the Guinness World Record holder Roy Dotrice. Uh, I also love getting Audible's recommendations. Just recently, Audible recommended that I read Armada and Ready Player One by Ernest Cline and spectacularly narrated by Will Wheaton. I listened to both of these stories and loved them both because the narration by Will Wheaton just made the stories even more enjoyable and immersive than if I would have read them on my own. So if you love books, I've got some great news for you. Right now, for my listeners, you can get any audiobook you want from Audible for free when you sign up for your free trial of Audible using audibletrial.com slash podcast about something. Again, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash podcast about something. Thanks for listening. Hi guys, I'm Dane. And I'm Daniel. And we're from the IMDb Journey podcast. Where we break down every movie from the top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. But when we're not doing that, we also battle other podcasts in various movie-related games of trivia and drafts. We also give quick reviews about every other film we've watched as well. Yeah, here we're quite good too. Yeah, if you guys don't believe us, why don't you listen to these genuine testimonies? Oh, hey guys, you guys are really good. I love your chemistry. Oh, hey, Brew. It's, uh, this is a, this is a good podcast, yo. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, love the banter, guys. Keep it up. I'm DB Jenny is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic testimonies. Oh, thanks, guys. Absolutely genuine and real. <laughs> and if you want to give a genuine testimony as well, go ahead and search for IMDb Journey. You can find us on all your favorite podcast sites, including iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. So come along and join our journey. Sorry for that little break that came out of nowhere there. Um, thanks for the promo from the IMDb Journey podcast. They'll be joining me next month uh for a movie superlatives issue really looking forward to that um but i just wanted to say that the thunk tankers and i were running very very long on this podcast uh about george costanza's engagement so we decided that we were going to break it into a two-part mega cast um this was part one the part two will release tomorrow tuesday if you're listening to this on release day monday um, then you'll get part two Tuesday. If you're listening anytime after Monday, then both parts will be right there. Uh, we just wanted to break it up a little bit because um, I, I know it's hard to sit and listen to a podcast for two hours straight. So we broke it up into two parts. You can listen to part one today, part two tomorrow. You can listen to them back to back if that's what you want to do. Um, but that's I just wanted to get this in just to let everybody know that no, we didn't cut off Right in the middle of our conversation about George's engagement, we will be back with another episode um, tomorrow, so make sure you tune in for that. As always, you can send feedback on, to me on Twitter at APA something or through email, a podcast about something at gmail.com, and make sure you check out the Thunk Tank Pod, especially their two signcasts. If you've enjoyed this so far, you're going to enjoy that, um, but come back tomorrow for part two. Thanks for listening. Stay classy.